Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today I am exploring the creation account. The Lord hung the moon. It's January 2 and people, including me, are in the throes of their new Bible reading plan for the year. I ended up choosing the G3 Bible reading plan again. It's a five-day narratives plan accompanied by a hymn, a prayer, a workbook for reflection, catechism. You read through all of the major narratives of scripture, plus the Psalms and Proverbs in a year. You read only five days a week, which is fine by me because I always read the text for the sermon for a Sunday. It also includes the 52 weekly catechism and a memory Bible, Bible memory, and we, uh, hymns, as I mentioned, that correspond with the larger devotional guide. And last year I had bought the whole spiral bound booklet, which you can download for free, just one by one, the parts you like. And I'll put a link to where you can find it all. And this plan starts with Genesis 1 and 2. I personally love the creation account. My favorite books in the Bible are Genesis and Revelation. And I believe what the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 2, that there was a literal six-day creation by God who made it all and created the first two humans. Male and female, he made them. Did you ever think about what that moment was like? God creating all the universe and Adam fully formed? A thinking, speaking adult? God could have spoken Adam into existence like he had done just before with the universe, stars, moon, sun, lands, animals, but he didn't. Genesis 2, 7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living person. We often say we would love to be a fly on the wall watching this or that, and actually, the angels did have a balcony seat at that moment. Job 38, 4-7, and they shouted for joy when they saw it. Barnes notes, says of that moment of creation, that is, they, the angels, joined in praise for so glorious a work as the creation of a new world. They saw that it was an event which was fitted to honor God. It was also a new manifestation of his goodness and power. It was an enlargement of his empire. And then Barnes notes continues, no one can demonstrate that the work of creation may not now be going on in some remote part of the universe nor that God may not yet form many more worlds to be the monuments of his wisdom and goodness and to give occasion for augmented praise 
who can tell, but that this process may be carried on forever and that new worlds and systems may continue to start into being. There may be continually new displays of this inexhaustible goodness and wisdom of the creator. When this world was made, there was occasion for songs and praise among the angels. It was a beautiful world. All was pure and lovely and holy. Man was made like his God and everything was full of love. And finally, Barnes notes continues, serving the beautiful scene as the world arose under the hand of the Almighty, its hills and vales, trees and flowers and animals. There was an occasion for songs and rejoicings in heaven. Could the angels have foreseen, as perhaps they did, what was to occur here? There was also occasion for songs of praise such as would exist in the creation of no other world. This was to be the world of redeeming love. This, the world where the Son of God was to become incarnate and die for sinners. This is the world where an immense host was to be redeemed to praise God in a song unknown to the angels, the song of redemption. In the sweet notes which shall ascend from the lips of those who shall have been ransomed from death by the great work of the atonement. And Barnes notes, boy, those old timey guys could write. Now, I love adventure stories and exploration particularly intrigues me. Shackleton's survival story after the endurance sank in 1916 near the South Pole has to be one of the most gripping ever and the most amazing ever. Um, by the way, the Endurance 22 crew completed the most difficult shipwreck search in the world when in, 19, in 2022 they announced they had found the Endurance at the bottom of the Weddell Sea at the South Pole. And the photos are mouth-dropping. They are stunning and clear, and the ship seems to be perfectly intact even some paint still on the hull. Now, I just finished reading a book <clears throat> recounting the recon mission to Mount Everest in 1951, which laid the groundwork for the successful ascent of Sherpa Tenzig Norgay and New Zealander Edmund Hillary to the top in 1953. The book isn't long and it's heavy on photos. <clears throat> some of the pictures show some of the mission's climbers from the back as the climber looks forward and up to the mountains at the roof of the world. And that mountain range is aptly named. The range does look like the roof of the world. I look at those pictures and I wonder with all the ice and crags and forbidding rocks like teeth, ready to grip a man forever to hold him in an icy embrace. 
like it did to George Mallory, who wasn't found for 75 years? What prompts a man to say, I want to climb that? Or a man to look at the South Pole and say, I want to sail there. Why? It was famed alpine climber George Mallory who took part in a 1921 British Mount Everest recon expedition, who is said to have replied to a reporter why he wanted to climb the tallest mountain in the world? Because it's there. When God breathed life into Adam, did God also breathe into us an insatiable curiosity about his creation? Or is that willingness to wander and observe, to know what's over the next rise, to see behind the next wave, part of the mandate God told Adam to cultivate the garden and keep it? Or did all that come from after the fall with man wanting to dominate the world and subdue it as a God himself? There are many things about the creation account that intrigue me. Maybe the Lord will be gracious and tell us when we get over yonder. Or maybe we'll just be satisfied with who he is, the I am, and to not ask about those origins. Meanwhile, men still wander all over the earth. The submersible Titan, which in 2023 descended to view the wreck of the Titanic, imploded, is a testament to that. Men want to explore that final earthly frontier. Men have hurled themselves into space, crawled all over the earth from the top of Everest to the deepest point, the Mariana Trench by camera. Why? Because it's there. But the best exploration is to the depths of man's soul, introspection of the deepest abyss that here exists, our sinful depravity. Once we understand that, we look, standing transcendently apart from our corrupted soul is God. He is there. All this roaming and exploring and seeing and understanding is vain. Standing on the moon is pointless unless one acknowledges the God who hung it there. Looking down upon the world from the roof of Everest is void unless one acknowledges the God who made it. I'll finish with Romans 1, 19 to 20. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse.
Well, let's go back to the beginning, which says, in the beginning, God created. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.